Good evening. Uh, for the Wednesdays in Lent, we're going to be doing a series called Mountains Move, and we're going to be exploring the different mountains uh, in Scripture, actually, and the sort of mountaintop experiences that took place, uh, leading us all the way to Mount Calvary, where Christ was crucified. And so tonight in our gospel lesson, we, we read about a, a story where uh, Jesus is led to a high mountain and shown everything that he could possibly have, and he turns it down. What's interesting about the gospel lesson that we just read in the gospel, of, uh, in the gospel is that Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, by the Holy Spirit. Right before this text, Jesus is baptized and God declares, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. A declaration from God the Father that Jesus is the son of God. And then the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness, into the desert, for 40 days. And what Jesus is doing in the wilderness mirrors what happened with God's people in the Old Testament. When they were led into the wilderness by God for 40 years. And we're going to be exploring that theme on Sundays as we go into the wilderness with God's people in the Old Testament and explore their trials in this season of Lent. But what Jesus does in his time in the wilderness is he does what Moses and the Israelites themselves could not do. He stood against every trial and temptation and came out ready to conquer sin and death. And so here Jesus is, led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit after being declared the Son of God, and Satan comes to him and says, if you are the Son of God, if, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, I think about this for a second. Jesus was fasting for 40 days in the desert. And, and have any of you, as a spiritual practice, ever fasted? Just curious. All right, maybe. Have any of you ever gone on a diet? Yeah, a little bit more action there, right? And so after Jesus was in the desert dieting for 40 days, <laughs> Satan shows up and tempts him with food. Now, I don't know about you, but I can speak for myself. If, if all of a sudden cheesecake appeared in the wilderness, I'm eating it. I'm eating it not after 40 days. I'm eating it after 40 minutes. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, it, it's hard, right, to avoid things that tempt you. I mean, think about this. I, I've been trying to lose weight. I started in November. And I've lost a fair amount, and I still have a fair amount to go. But I remember about the third day, I was like, you know, at first, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get the weight that I want gone. And then about the third day, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to eat this. And here's the funny thing about temptation, is when you resolve or, or set yourself not to do something to, or to avoid something, what happens almost always you see more of it, and you notice more of it. Like, I swear, 
when I decided I was going to start losing weight, that was the week that someone's like, oh, look, I baked cookies for you because I love you so much. Thank you. The Girl Scouts. Woo! Get behind me, Satan. It keeps going and going. But Jesus withstood the temptation and he responded to Satan. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what Jesus is doing is he's actually quoting from Deuteronomy. Again, he's, remember, he's standing in the place of God's people who couldn't do what they were supposed to do. And he's going to do it for them. And so he quotes from Deuteronomy 8, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. As God's people were in the wilderness, they began complaining about being hungry, and, and God delivered them food. He provides. But what you begin to quickly understand when you read this text in the gospel of the Holy Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness is it's not about eating. It's actually a spiritual exercise. It's not about the food. It's about identity. It's a temptation for Jesus to forsake his identity, just like it's a temptation for you to forsake who you are in Christ. God the Father appears at his baptism, you are my son with whom I am well pleased. Satan says, if you are the son of God, then do this. And the temptation is for Jesus to give in to prove something that he already knows to be true instead of just being who he is, the son of God. The spiritual exercise for us is to be who we are, to trust and what Christ has already accomplished. Satan regroups and he tests Jesus again. He says, if you, again, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, Jesus, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and their hands will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus is tempted to test God. If you are the Son of God, then let's do this. Show me. Prove it. And Jesus responds, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, which is a quote from Deuteronomy 6.16, which is, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And you, this is God's people, tested him at Massa. We too test God, don't we? We all tend to meet God in the wilderness. The wilderness that we find ourselves in life from time to time, whether it's a loved one that we lose and the unbearable grief that follows. The visit at the doctor's office where you're told you have cancer. the loss of a child. You see, when life is going well, we don't tend to think too much about it. 
I got a new car. I got a raise. But when we're in the wilderness, when life is throwing us things that seem unbearable and makes things seem uncertain, we ask, why? Why, God? Why did they have to die? Why am I sick? Why? Just like Jesus, at times we we want to test God. We want to ask him to show up to prove that he is who he says he is. Fix this, God. Fix it. If you don't, I won't know if I can trust you. If you don't heal this person, I don't know if I can believe in you. God, through his son, stands in the wilderness and does what God's people can't do. Satan regroups and he takes Jesus up to a high mountain and he shows him everything. All the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. And he said to them, I will give you all of these if you fall down and worship me. Satan is promising Jesus what is already going to be his. But Satan is tempting him with power and control. Satan is tempting him to sort of short circuit the path that he's supposed to go on. Like, Jesus knows where this is leading. He knows he is going to go to the cross. He knows he's going to suffer and he's going to die. And Satan is offering him a way out. Don't we all struggle a little bit with power and control? (laughs) Jesus responds to Satan. He says, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he's quoting Deuteronomy 6.13, where he says, Is the Lord your God you shall fear, him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. And we have seen firsthand, but when our goal becomes power and control, We've seen it in the news these past few weeks. As Russia invaded Ukraine. But if you reflect on your own life, we want it too. Who doesn't want control? Who doesn't want to be the destiny or control their own destiny as they move forward in life? Who enjoys not knowing what tomorrow brings? I mean, think about it. If you have kids, I have three kids. (laughs) I want to control them. (laughs) I want them to do what we ask them to do. This is true at nine years old. And I've talked to enough of you to know this is still true if you have children who are 42 years old. (laughs) You want them to do things a certain way, to live a certain way, to go a certain way. And it's hard. 
when we don't have control. But the invitation in Lent is an invitation from Jesus to lay down our cross and to pick up his. And what this means is we have to be willing to give up our own control, to give up thinking we can do this, to give up thinking we get to create our own destinies, and if we work hard enough, if you give up the right thing for the next 40 days, then you're going to be set spiritually straight, and you're going to be closer to God than you ever have been. That is completely false and not true. Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, he says, as he's looking at his disciples, he tells them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. But whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will find me. Losing your life means you give up everything. Losing your life means you even give up the delusion, the thought, the belief that you can overcome temptation, that you can say to Satan, no. Laying down your life and taking up the cross of Christ is knowing and understanding that temptation was overcome for you. Jesus stood in the wilderness for you. He defeated Satan for you. He leaned on his Father in heaven for you. Because you can't do it. And this is a hard truth for those of us who want to command our own destinies. But it's a relief for those of us who know what I just said is true. Without Jesus, we are nothing. But with Jesus, with his love, with his grace, with his mercy, what he accomplished in the wilderness and what he accomplished on the cross, with him we have everything. And all we do is look to him and follow. And in him, we have new life. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.